podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. All right, welcome to the Bosco's Boys podcast. We're sitting here with a very special guest. Um, we're in veneer. Who are we sitting with, Scotty? Uh, the number one guest I want to get on day episode one. I said this is the man I wanted to get on. Uh, Director of Athletics, Gene Taylor. Gene, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for uh, coming over. A beautiful day. They're not practicing out there, but uh, get a nice view from my office. Not bad. They pro- probably would have kicked us out if they were practicing, so it's probably for the best. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be able to see us. So. <laughs> How does it feel to be on the most professional and premier K-State podcast? You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. I don't get a chance to do that. At least, you know, like I said, next time it'll have to be in a biker bar somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Kobe's in Bonner Spring, Kansas. We'll, uh, we'll get a booth we're, saved for we're you. We're celebrities there at this point, so <laughs> they'd welcome go. us back with open arms. And I guess... We've got limited time, so let's just jump right into it with our first question for you. Um, you've been at K-State for a little over a year. What is the best memory from this that past year, and what is the biggest thing that you've learned over uh, this season? You know, there were a lot of good memories. You know, anytime you first year AD, you know, just literally walking into the stadium for the first time last year for the first game, being sold out, the energy, um, you know, the, the, the bowl win. At, you know, at one point, actually looking at a – a year that we may not even get to a bowl game and the, you know, the season gets turned around and, you know, uh, clearly the run to the elite eight, the win over Kentucky. I mean, it's hard to always pick one. And I know that doesn't necessarily answer your question directly, but we you know you have so many great memories and, and really you just kind of live off the successes of our, of our athletes and our, and our coaches, you know, and, you know, one of the, obviously the women's soccer win over Kansas was big, right? I mean, it was the first big 12 win for them. So, there's too many to probably nail down one, but if I had to kind of narrow down, the, the basketball run was pretty pretty sweet. We'll give a shout-out to the women's track team as well, taking on another Big 12 championship there. Yeah, you know, it's it was funny. Last year, uh, literally I was on the job a week, and they won an outdoor Big 12 championship. I certainly never could take credit for that one. Yeah, uh, you can take credit for whatever you want on our <laughs> podcast. But, you know, to, we'll do it, you. to do it back-to-back is oh, really yeah. difficult. and. You know, Coach Revelto's got a, and, and you know he's got a tremendous track program. Always has, and um, you know the men. I, I equally impressive is the men went from I think next to last a year ago to to third this year. So uh, yeah, a lot of good memories. Yep, and uh, one of the things you talked about from your, one of your very first interviews was your want and desire for a strategic master plan for the entire department and a facilities master plan. I know you said, I believe last month, you said it would be coming out in August. Do you know exactly what date the facility master plan will be debuted to the public? You know, to the public, no, we don't know that yet. It, it is finished. The master plan is finished. We're wrapping up some details on some projected costs. Uh, but we haven't had a chance to even show it to our staff yet and our coaches. So we're going to do that as they come back. And we have some um, general staff meetings here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've, we've got to show it to the president's cabinet. So before we unveil it to the public, we've got some internal mm-hmm. uh, constituents that we need to get it out to. And, uh, and the operating strategic master plan, that's done as well. 
and we'll you know we'll unveil that here probably around the time school starts we have our first again staff meeting they'll see it then so it's very exciting it's very comprehensive uh, in terms of the master plan um, and, and and you know there's going to be a big number attached to it which doesn't mean we're going to immediately go and launch into this massive fundraising campaign but we just you'll see potentially what the next five to ten years are going to look like from facilities perspective um, but yeah by I would say by the end of August 1st of September the master plan and by you know sometime after school starts the strategic plan for that facilities master's plan is there one you know piece of that that gets you most excited you think fans would be most wowed by when it does come out or are you at liberty to tease that at all um not right now just because what i don't want people to think that you know when they see it that that's the one we're going to start on and fundraise for uh, we have to figure out as we look at each of the pieces of the master plan you know how are we going to fundraise and, and how much do we think we can fundraise how much can we finance Where's the donor interest? So there's a pretty – now, when you see it, you'll say, oh, well, that would be a really cool piece. That would be a really cool piece. doesn't mean that that's going to be what our priority is. We have to figure that out. Definitely. It's exciting, though. Um, it's been fun to see, you know, the stadium and all of our f- facilities evolve into what they have, you know. I mean, just 2012 was when I was here in my last year here. Just just seeing that, and I remember how small our press box was. and. <laughs> We've come, we've come a long way. I mean, we really have. We've got to give, give the, the department some credit. But You know, before you go on to your next question, that's one of the messages I got as I, in my first year uh, from our donors, was they've seen the impact of the facilities that uh, have been built and been renovated over the last several years. And, you know, hats off to John Curry and all the other staff that were here before me. Uh, but their, their message to me was, what's next? We can't sit on our hands. They've seen the impact. We need to keep moving forward, so that's the the impetus of the of the master plan. And I think that is important for a lot of fans too here, because I think quite frankly, there's a segment of the fan base that tries to paint everything as oh, we're holding packed, and I think it's a great thing that you guys have been doing this week, rolling out everything to the public and letting everyone see that hey, no, that is not what you're about, and I think it's time people start realizing that as well. Absolutely. Also, shout out to Veneers. First time I've been in here since they've really redone everything. It's pretty pretty darn nice. Yeah, last time I was in here was actually during the dreaded Ron Prince era, but we won't we won't bring <laughs> that name up again, and we'll just keep moving I'll on. I'll bleep that out. On <laughs> yeah. that. Edit that out. So, recent news: we saw the announcement um, and the fanfare around the addition to Chick Fil A, and that's going to be offered in Bill Snyder Family Stadium for this upcoming uh, season. Outside of that, what other improvements should fans expect this coming season? Well, for those that uh, have East Club seating, uh, that is about a million and a million and a half renovation, and it's beautiful. So, And our general fan, if they have interest in club seats, uh, they'll be able to come to a Fan Appreciation Day on Saturday and take a tour of that. But the upgrade of that is phenomenal. It looks very much like the West, West Stadium Club area. Uh, so from the general fan's perspective, um, the biggest thing is our beer garden is going to be open to the general public. Last year it was a ticketed area, so we've had it. And, again, I think people always assume that means we're going to be selling beer in the stadium next, and that's not the case. It's just the beer garden was more controlled in terms of who had access. Now we're going to open up to the public. Uh, we're going to have water stations throughout the throughout the stadium during the particularly the hotter games, which will be the first couple of games, obviously. And, you know, some a lot of stuff for the students, easier access. They can be able to get in with their phones instead of, having to print off a ticket. Um, and so just a, a lot of little things. Uh, there's some different menu items from the concession standpoint. But every our fan experience staff and our staff do a really good job of figuring out listening to our fans. They take surveys at the end of each year. 
and they say, okay, what do we, how do we continue to improve the fan experience of Bill Snyder Family Stadium? So we don't sit on our hands. We have staff that are working pretty much from the time football season ends to this year to really come up with what our fans want. You know, there's always things we, you know, I think the one question I got today on Twitter was something about the music and that's you're never going <laughs> to please anybody, right? You, some people want more, you know, louder music. Some people want it quieter. But, you know, a lot of times a football team has a lot of input on, on the music we play because it impacts them, for, particularly from the warm-up perspective. Definitely. And you mentioned it, the expansion of letting all the of-age public into the beer garden on the west side of the stadium. What went into the conversation surrounding letting everyone have access to it this year? And then what would success look like from that if it is successful this year? Would there be expansion in current years with more controlled areas or even possibly, you know, two, three years down the road, having that be a concession item? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I, I, again, the, the concession item in the general uh, seating area, there's a lot that goes into that. I mentioned it before. There's a lot of folks on campus that would weigh in, our president, uh, you know, certainly our police and security. So we're a ways away from that. But I think with the beer garden, we realize that we have a lot of fans who don't want to take the time to put all the necessary items together to tailgate. And and certainly they want to be able to come in. They're as of age, and they're of age, as you mentioned, uh, to come in and have a couple of beers before the game and, you know, uh, have some food items and, and then go to their seats. And so it's, it's, it is controlled, but we felt that the general public, uh, it was time after we tested it the last couple of years that the general public could open it up for them. It'd be another item for our fan base to, you know, have available to them. And so, again, I, that, it doesn't mean we're going from there to general sales in the stands. It just means, uh, you know, people can come here, have a cold beer, beverage of some type, and uh, some food items uh, while they get ready for the game. Well, it was announced back in the spring um, that K-State will no longer be accepting any funds directly from the students, um, and it's been a while since the athletic department took any money from the acti- academic side of the university. <coughs> um, that's something that hasn't been replicated by many schools in the country. Um, with that said, some seats were, that were historically allocated to the students have been uh, moved to the general ticket pool, like 18, 24, 25 for basketball, mm-hmm. and 28 in football. Was that a result of the fact that you no longer take student fees? Well, that was a combination of things. Uh, one, our, our student ticket, uh, season ticket numbers have, have gone down over the last several years. I think one time there were as many as 9,000, and I think last year we had 7,000 uh, season tickets and student tickets on a game-by-game basis. So there was a lot of tickets that weren't being used, and one of the thoughts that we had was, well, if we're not going to take a fee and you're not using all those seats uh, – we could take those two sections and sell them to the general public, and they were fine with that because we could show them. Now, if if that attendance starts to ramp back up, then it's not going to be a season ticket section. They can always get right. those sections back. And the same thing with basketball. It's, you know, there were a couple of sections that weren't being used. Now, you know, again, I, I think the students are critically important to, to our program. They bring a tremendous amount of energy to both basketball and football and and we want our students to come. So that's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I don't think we talk about publicly that we are directing at the students to, to get them to come, giveaways and some of those things just for the students. So, you know, I guess it's one of those deals where we we didn't want them to sit empty. Uh, we want to be able to sell them, but if the attendance starts to grow, we can always uh, move them back into into the students' uh, sections. 
Definitely. That's something that, you know, you don't see across the nation. We've been lucky enough to go to many football stadiums, basketball stadiums. Our students have amazing seats, and we both got to sit there as students. So, you know, they still have those 50-yard seats. They still have them mid-court, and you don't see that nationwide. So nope. uh, students you need to get in there and fill it. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, with this year's football team and basketball team, I think we're going to see a return to that as well. Absolutely. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, as someone who has dabbled in this in the past, the Supreme Court this past summer opened up so states could legalize sports gambling at a state-by-state basis. If Kansas does come to that agreement, and if it, they did, I don't believe it'd be until July of 2019 is what everyone has said. What has your department done to start having internal conversations? And is there anything you guys plan on doing if that does become legal? Um, we, we've just talked about it uh, departmentally, really with our senior staff, of, of what we can do and can't do. Obviously, it, it concerns me, generally speaking, across the world of college athletics. I understand people have been betting on you know, our, our college athletics for a number of years illegally or even through the legal options in Vegas. Um, I, it just changes the game when it becomes a, a, a legal thing. One of the things that we're just starting to do is, and we haven't, you know, reached out to anybody. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in terms of our legislative body or our, our board of regents, is to talk. We just met the other day with our president to say, okay, here we had some national folks that are monitoring this, this the sports gambling laws. And they said, if you go to your legislative bodies, if you go to your bodies of control, here are some things we want you to consider and at least talk to them about, educate them about. One of the things is a couple of sport, or states, New Jersey and Delaware, when they passed their law, they excluded amateur sports. So in, in the state of New Jersey, you can't bet on the college athletics. Mm-hmm. In the state of Delaware, you can't bet on college athletics in Delaware. problem with that is you can go right across the border, and et cetera. So... <clears throat> That'd be one of the first things is see if they would consider taking amateur sports out of the out of the law. If not, then we want to put some, you know, some controls in there because one of the things that concerns me the most is the bets within the game. You know, is the first pass going to be an incompletion or completion? Is it is it going to be a pass or a run? As opposed to just betting on the line of the game or the outcome of the game, and that's where things get really dicey, in my opinion. And, and that thing, those things become very difficult to monitor. Uh, as you know, Vegas monitors the lines of the games, and they've caught many gambling um, uh, issues across the country. And so the integrity of the game is the most important for, for me to, and us to be, talk about, and we want to keep the integrity of the game. So when we start having those conversations with the powers that be, we'll educate them about our concerns and, and, and see what we can do to, to limit it as much as we can. And, and so... If it does pass, it's passed with the idea of the integrity of the game still stays intact as much as possible. Yeah, and I, I think that's every something everyone who has any sort of mind can agree to. And you know, as someone who probably would partake, you know, I if if it came down to it, I'd be happy to exclude collegiate athletics from that and go all pro. So if that's what you want, I'll campaign for you on your behalf. There you go. Technically, I'm on the Missouri side of the border, though, so <laughs> yeah, I, I might I might have to repatriatize on on and, the Kansas and, and side. You know, that's the uniqueness of it is you know you're so close in a lot of ways to you know if Nebraska passes it or if you know Colorado passes it or Missouri how that could impact us. But it, that's what we're, the biggest thing that worries me is the state by state. How are you going to control it? Who's going to monitor it? 
it, it's going to get a little dicey down the road. And last thing I, I'd touch on this is based on your comments, would you prefer a nationalized uh, method yeah. instead of a piecemeal state by state? I, I would absolutely prefer And the feds, I think, are going to not go down that path because it just got overturned by mm-hmm. having a, a federally uh, based law. But in my opinion, I think that's the best way to go. Well, we'll wrap up the serious questions, and we'd be remiss not to mention the news this week. Coach Snyder just signed a new contract yesterday, and while much of the language didn't change, uh, including the phrase that he would have appropriate input on who the next head coach would be, will you explain to the listeners what appropriate input <laughs> would be or what that means? You know, it's it's a it's a fair question, um, and as I've talked to a couple of people before, is when I first started looking at his contract, I didn't realize there was language even in there. Um, and so as we kind of went through it, he and I kind of paragraph by paragraph, he asked me, he said, Gene, define, in your opinion, what is the appropriate input? And I said, Coach, that's a great question. Um, and I said, I see it as at some point when the day comes that you say, I'm done coaching, uh, I've got to do a search. We're going to have to find out who the next replacement is. And it would be silly for me not to use his knowledge, his, his reputation of coaches across the country, his network of coaches to say, Coach, who do you think might be good fits for us? Or here's some names I'm looking at. Uh, would they be a good fit? What do you know about them? Uh, and, and that's, to me, what appropriate input is. And ultimately, the decision is going to come down to myself and clearly the president of the university. And, and But for us to say, okay, Coach, you stay out of it <laughs> after you know as many years and as much success as you've had not to use his knowledge and his network would be really stupid on our part. So... To me, that's what it is, and it's just using his knowledge, his intelligence, his networking, his understanding of the business, and more importantly, understanding of K-State football um, and, and what might work or not work here. So that's what it will be, and at the end of the day, you know, when that day comes, we'll figure out how, what direction we'll go. Yeah, I mean, that does, I guess, scare a lot of people a little bit, but we won't get into the details of that fear, but <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. I think Bill should have some sort of input. I wish he would have had input on the first time, or I wish people would have listened to him the first time. I thought you said we weren't going to bring that There's up. Old, <laughs> see, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've heard that Bill said this isn't the guy the first time, but who knows if that's really true, but you would be crazy not to listen to Bill. He's been yeah. here for... You know, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, you know going to land on my shoulders as the director of athletics right. that's that's my job i've hired coaches before i'll you know it's it and then there'll be people in, in internally too i mean i'll rely on the kenny lanus i'll rely, rely on our senior staff the jill shields to say you know you you've got people out there that you know let's or hear the couple of candidates you know at the end of the day we're thinking about let's let's find out what we know about them so There'll be a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it'll be myself and the president. And we'll, but right now, let's hope it's not anytime soon. And if contract extensions under your brief tenure mean anything, I think we're going to have a pretty good football season because <laughs> Brewster cashed in quite well uh, on that that extension. And uh, you know, I think you should pop your collar on that one. So. <laughs> You can take a victory lot because, you know, that that was one of the first things that happened. And I, I won't pretend that, you know, I, I wasn't a part of some people who might have been upset. But, man, that sure was a fun ride. And I think that means that, you know, Bill's at least going to win two or three more Big 12 titles and maybe take us <laughs> to the playoff before it's all said and done. Well, it's you know, you just you never know. And, and certainly you, you, you base those decisions based on a lot of things, not just winning and losing, clearly winning 
is very, very important. Uh, but it's a quality person type of program they run. You know, just your sense of, of who they are, as uh, how they run their program, the reaction from the players. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, coaches, Snyder in particular, has been very consistent. And when you look at the season last year and where we were sitting at one point and to get it turned around, it, it falls on a lot of leadership. But clearly that fell on his shoulders without quite – and the players, clearly. They, they buy in. And we've got great young men. I tell you that. If, if those of you that don't know our young men in our football program are really all of our sports, but so we're talking about Coach Snyder, we had a classic group of young men. And they do the right things. They behave themselves. They make good decisions. And they come out here and work every day for one reason. That's to represent K-State, K-State football, and be successful. And we love hearing that. And here at Bosco's Boys, we like to have a little bit of fun. So we're going to move from some of these more serious questions. Perfect. Have a little bit of fun. Um, as you know, I, I, I'm quite active on Twitter. And you're also far more active. <laughs> and I think you do a great job on Twitter. Well, my buddy Kenny over here, he <laughs> keeps me straight. Every time I start to stray, I'll, I'll text him every once in a while and say, hey, can I tweet this out? He goes, no, no, Gene, please don't do that. Don't tweet that out. I'm like, okay. So he keeps me straight. Well, if he ever tells you no, if you need someone to argue <laughs> with him, I think I have his phone number. I'll text him and let you and let, try to get you to let let him tweet, let you tweet a little more. But I do want to ask you a question. Of all the kind of crazier, more zany things fans have gotten mad at, usually when it happens, it's on Twitter. What's been kind of either the most surprising or the funniest thing that fans have gotten super worked up with? And then there's a couple things on here that I know that uh, I might have even even been a part of or seen firsthand uh, to get a little bit of comments on some of those Twitter controversies. Well, probably the one I've had the most fun with as, as our family and has one of my good friends. I don't know if I can say this, this is a podcast, right? Well, somebody called me an empty ball sack. Basically. <laughs> oh no. We're explicit. You can say, whatever. Yeah, you, can, you can say whatever you want. We do have the, because explicit I didn't, <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was, I don't remember what it, I wasn't, I didn't make a decision about something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> And uh, he used a different term, but that's okay. Uh, and and I, I laughed. I thought it was pretty funny. And I, and I shared it with my family. And one of my buddies, uh, when he, he has me in his phone as ES... Anyway, it, it, so he lists me as that Twitter reminder. But uh, probably the one I got the most reaction from was after we went to the Elite Eight and, and somebody wasn't happy. But I don't know what he, he tweeted out. It was something about, really, you call this success or something, or is this achievement? And I just had enough, and I actually told Kenny what I was going to tweet out. And it it was amazing the response towards me in a positive way that, you know, this guy was questioning our run to the Elite Eight. But, uh, you know, you, you got to have fun with it, right? Uh, if you If you take it too serious and you let it get to you, it'll eat you up. You know, most people are most people are positive. I mean, they, they they truly are. But what it tells me and reminds me is how passionate our fan base is. They love it here. They care about it. And you know, if they don't agree with me or don't agree with what we're doing, that's okay sometimes. Yeah, a couple that I wanted to bring up, and Grant, you can chime in as well. Uh, some very interesting things: the whole sandstorm thing mismatched turf people seem to think you also decide whenever we kick off games so it's your fault we play mississippi state at 11 then my personal favorite the lavender jerseys not being for sale so those yeah. were a couple of the interesting ones that i got to witness one of them firsthand so yeah you know the the lavender jerseys that's a fair one because we wanted them for sale and we knew they were going to be a big hit um we just had some challenges with 
taking the, the, the Nike team portion into the retail portion. And, and I think we're going to get that corrected. Uh, but that was a fair, fair concern. And, and, you know, the, the turf was, you had a new turf last year, had sun on it, and then you had a new turf this year. It probably by the end of this year, it's going to look the same, but I did get a kick out of that one. Um, and then the kickoffs, you're right. We don't control the kickoff times. I, the only one I think we do control is the first one, right, Kenny? Um, which was the South Dakota game. But after that, then it's television driven and, 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 and I get it. I mean, I, you know, I, wish we could have a little bit more consistent kickoff times for all of our fans but i, I think in the world of college football most people are getting used to either 11 three thirty, or six o'clock kick do you want to make a comment on if sandstorm ever will return uh probably not because until they can figure out how to keep that from happening without chanting what they chant uh i just don't we don't need that right it, it, we don't need that language we have young kids it it, it it doesn't show well from our perspective. We did what we did last year at the game with Coach Snyder coming on, and and he was well aware of what was happening, and that was a coordinated effort because we didn't we're we're classier than that. Our fans are classier than that, and we don't need that being cheered by you know lots of people when we've got young ears, and I think it's just not appropriate. And then one last thing I, I want to get a comment on from the, the Twitter controversy part of it before we have a couple more fun questions. Has there been any conversation with the NCAA either about changing the rules around mismatched jerseys or getting a permanent waiver because that is such a historic look for K-State? And then if not, will they try to go through the waiver process to wear them again this year? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, in terms of regular season, we'll go through the waiver process. That's probably something that's coming because so many – teams are beginning to do different looks in their uniforms i i wouldn't be surprised that at some point it 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 gets you know we have got bigger issues in the NSA in terms of rules we need to worry about <laughs> right now we won't get into that but yeah i i see it but yeah this year we'll wear them probably a few times and we'll get the waiver again we gotta wear them we're undefeated in them that's right i was gonna say we gotta we keep better wear them again. well speaking of twitter and controversy animosity over the last few years, I think uh, we're talking about Iowa State now. We've started to form some sort of a rivalry with them. At least with their Twitter at fans. At least on Twitter. I don't okay. know. But, you know, okay. we adopted the name Farmageddon. I don't know where that came from. That, um, that came about, I think, 2008, 2009 when the game was played in Arrowhead Stadium. So will you <laughs> – is it possible that you and the Iowa State athletic director will maybe recognize Farmageddon, like the name in an official capacity – is that ever going to be? Boy, that's that a, ever been discussed. That's a new one on me. I, I guess I haven't really. Have you never heard Farmageddon? I haven't heard they, it. I mean, they uh, it was on ESPN. It was on ESPN. It was okay. even in the defunct NCAA football game. We also won't touch on that. That might be a second podcast where we talk about naming rights and Ed O'Bannon. But we'll move on from that. You know, I we we don't. Um, you know, there are some like uh, when I was at Iowa. And I, at Iowa, we we did play for a, a trophy for the Iowa Iowa State game. We don't. Kenny, I'm looking at you. We don't do a lot of trophies, right? Rivalry trophies. Well, mm-hmm. we do for the KU game. That's the only one. That's perfect. That's you a know. perfect segue to so. the add-on to this question. Um, we can get into it. We have some trophy ideas for you. Yeah, Farmageddon game. yeah I, I believe it was a co- either last season, the lead-up, I had an idea, and I think it was pretty well-recognized. And if I need to personally crowdfund this, as long as it would be recognized. But since it's being played the weekend after Thanksgiving, I think it should be a golden pecan pie. And get even maybe a grocery store sponsor, Hy-Vee, Dillon, something like that, to then 
give out a bunch of pies to the winning team in the end zone. Could you imagine Dalton Reisner just taking a big old slice of pie, eating it while Bill <laughs> Snyder is carried out triumphantly with the golden pecan pie over his head in Ames? I think it's perfect. You, you guys are way more creative than I am, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm taking that as a challenge to all the boneheads. We're going to produce and have the golden pecan pie, and we're going to put Gene to the test and see if he'll recognize the rivalry when that happens. Um, the last thing that I have on our list, and I'll, I'll give you a little time to address all – we call them our boneheads, our, our fans. They're the boneheads. Uh, so I'll give you time to address them after this final question. Do you question. guys want to keep your fans? or is... They love it. They, they love, love the it? nicknames. Okay. All right. all you, right. should, you should see the comments in the iTunes section. They call themselves the, the boneheads, the, the golden bonehead, all sorts of fun stuff. Okay. Uh, but that comes from, and our namesake for the podcast is Bosco the Dog. I think one of the first questions I tweeted into your Ask the AD uh, segment was, is there any chance we can get Bosco to come back? He was the original mascot of Kansas State University back in you know 1906 to 1909. He was a black lab. He was a good boy. Gene, what needs to happen to bring back Bosco? Well, aren't we the Wildcats? Yeah, but there's a collie at A&M. You know, the, the Cyclones, they have a weird-looking bird. That's not anything. And I think it'd be fun for, the you know, the little cat club. And, you know, we're a vet med school, too. I mean, what do I need to do? Uh, keep working it. <laughs> keep working it. You got a long way to go, but keep working it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put my effort into the Golden Pecan Pie Trophy. That sounds a little bit we, more We all realistic. have our personal missions. This could be your personal mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle, he knows how passionate I am about this. I've been asking him those questions since about 2010. Uh, so I am passionate. But I have, I'll put, I have nothing against Black Labs, by the way. I had one as a kid, but I'm not sure that it'll work here. But, hey, keep working it. <sighs> That'll make the bonehead sad, but we'll move on and just put our effort into towards the uh, Golden Pecan Pie Trophy. Um, before we wrap up, Grant, do you have anything before we kick it to Gene to uh, address the boneheads one last time? I wish I had some some questions on the top of my head, but I think we can wrap it up. So, Gene, what do you have to say to, you know, we we do have a pretty good fan base. We have probably, you know, that quote-unquote millennial fan base that I want to give you just as much time as you want to reach out, address them, tell them anything you want because uh, I don't think that you are recognized for doing as great a job as you do. So I want you to have the floor wrap us up and uh, let everyone know what's on your mind. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I, I just, you know, my goal here when I got got the job at K-State was to be as accessible as I can be. Um, you know, I don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. Uh, I love the fact that our fan base cares so much, even if they don't agree with whether it's a f- extension of Bruce Weber or extension of Coach Snyder or whatever the case may be, or we have two colors of turf and <laughs> but you know it just it just reminds me while I'm so fortunate to be here because of the passion of the fan base and and I do listen I mean I I, I do read Twitter it doesn't mean I'm going to react to everything out there uh, I, that's why I love the SDAD section I mean we, we try to get as many of those answers out there um, but you know I, I want them to care but I also want them to understand that and respect uh, uh, the program. And the, whatever decisions we make, we're doing in the, in the best interest of the program. At the end of the day, there's um, 18 to 22-year-old men and women that are breaking their backs to represent K-State. And, you know, you get after me all you want. Um, if you need to get after a coach, get after a coach, but please don't get after our players and our athletes. At the end of the day, those they're, they're – 
they're going to class, they're young people, they're representing K-State at a high level, and they're doing everything they can to help us be successful. And that's the one thing that I get upset about. It. If, and, and I don't see it happening here a great deal. And that's what I would say to your boneheads. I really don't. have not seen that. And, and they've not come after our athletes, which is a good thing. And, but I ask them not to ever do that. And if they're angry at a, at a player or, or something, then come after me or come after a coach because we get paid to handle that. And, and, and our young men and women in our program are great, great individuals that represent our school in a high, high, high fashion with, uh, with nothing that I can be more proud of them. And, but uh, just keep, uh, keep loving K-State. That's all I could ask. Thank you so much. This has been everything I could have asked for and more. And uh, who knows, maybe down the line you'll start your own podcast and have us on. Yeah, I ain't doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much work. you got all kinds of crap here. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> it is yeah, a it, decent it, amount of work. It ended yes. up being a little bit tougher than we thought, but the payout has been real, getting to come in here to the you know the best football and athletic administration building in the country. Uh, you know, thank you to all the donors. Thank you to everyone who put, uh, you know put this building together. And thanks again to you and Kenny for let, letting this happen. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for coming on, Gene. Uh, meet me at the Cathead.
Podcast Network.